Hello there, welcome to Love Unlimited. This is a weekly podcast that invites you to adventure on the benefits of relationships, the joy of discovering your potential and your spouses. And in this podcast, we are going to journey together as we enlighten each other on love that must exist in relationships as we grow and thrive in our marriages, in our own self, and in all the relationships that we endeavor to have in our lives. I'm Helen, and welcome to Love Unlimited. Our topic today is dating. Yes, we are starting from the top. We start with dating. We look at the technologies that have come in to help our dating processes much easier, much more comfortable, and less stressful. And we're going to start with things to consider before you say I do. Mistakes to avoid before you say I do because there's nothing as painful as crossing over to the other side and then you realize that you there are things that you should have avoided at the beginning that you did not. There are things that you saw at the beginning of the relationship but you ignored. Well these are very important elements to look at before you cross over to say I do. And the first one is finances. Yes, I know the element of gold diggers and the element of people saying, well, why does a girl have to think about money? Why does my husband have to talk about money? Well, guess what? That is the number one reason why marriages break. It's not even infidelity. It's not drug abuse. It's finances. The number one marriage breaker in the world today. So when we look at finances, we are not going to go straight to your date and ask him or her, hey, how are your finances? How do you you keep your credit cards? How do you keep your debts? Are you in debt? Do you gamble? What problems do you have with your finances? Have you finished your college payment? Have you finished your mortgage loan? Absolutely not. That's not what you should do. But it is important to know that this partner that you're going to live with for the rest of your life, if God blesses you, that you need to know what they do with their money. You need to know what their opinion is about money. Do they see money as the root of all evil or as a tool for success in life? If you marry someone who believes money is a tool for all evil, you're going to have a hard time trying to convince him or her that you want to make more money in the businesses or in any entrepreneur whatsoever. But when you see that money is a tool for success in life, it is simply a tool like you use a knife in the kitchen, scissors in the clothing. It's a tool. It only helps you have a better life, help others be able to achieve your goals in life and also to live your dream life. So you need to know what your spouse thinks about finances. And in line with that, you also need to know his or her history about the finances. Is this person disciplined when it comes to use of the money at his disposal? Is he an instant or people who just wake up in the morning and they think of gambling or think of buying luxury stuff without planning? Does he have a budget or does she have a budget? Is she an instant shopper? Is this the kind of person who goes Googling or searching online shopping and buys things on sale that he or she does not need? You need to know about their financial history and the discipline they're in. 
I will tell you this because I have heard of very many relationships. People coming for counseling because their spouse has been having the habit of spending money on gambling, on dressing without consulting the other partner and this can be a real sore wound in a relationship especially when you are planning maybe to travel for holiday with your family only to go and realize that your account is on negative because your spouse apparently saw something he or she would not buy person online shopping you need to know about his credit history as well why I don't think I would like to be married to someone who has a debt of $240,000 and has no clue how he or she is going to pay it or does not even acknowledge that it's a problem or someone who spends 50000 or 100000 on buying things that he or she just puts in the house. It's not an asset. It's not an investment just to show off about it. You need to know about how your partner got the debt and why because this tends to be the trend way into your marriage it does not change because you're married it just goes on so you need to know about that the second one is the skeletons in the closet oh yes we have skeletons in the closet some of us don't like talking about them but guess what if i'm going to live with you i might as well get to know what will be haunting my relationship i need to know what you have been through in your life as a person things that you don't like to talk about i don't intend to use it as a weapon against you in any way but i need to know how you are dealing with the problems in your life have you had serious damaging breakups did someone break your heart so bad that you had to go into depression are you a survivor of a domestic or a relationship's abuse. I need to know that so that I can know how to handle you when those skeletons or those ghosts start coming up. I also need to know, do you have addiction problems? Are you a recovering addict? Are you a person who is a recovering gambler? Are you a recovering person who is having three quarters of his or her finances going through a divorce process? I need to know all these things so that I don't keep asking questions and wondering why you're not telling me this, why you didn't tell me before. And sometimes these things may not come even on the first or second date. But guess what? Before you say I do, should be long enough for you to know what's been happening in your partner's life. Ask questions. Ask questions. Ask. They may look hard, candid, sometimes insensitive, but they save you a whole lot of problems on the other side of life. The other one is change factor. I have met, I'm a lady, and I know we ladies love doing this. We marry someone and say, oh, he looks so cute, he's so nice. Oh, but he has a drinking problem. I bet I can change him and make him stop drinking. Aha, in your dreams, it will not happen. It will not happen. Do not marry someone with challenges that are personal and you hope that in the course of your marriage, you're going to change that person. Absolutely not. I have heard people saying, I, I have trained my husband, I have trained my wife. Um, No, you don't train them to change. You simply teach them how to handle you as a person, as you are, not as they want you to be, as you are. That's how you come. In relationships, it's what you see is what you get, period. You can try to sugarcoat and uh, icing on it and everything. No, 
it will still remain what you see is what you get. If you can live with some slight challenges or some shortcomings that you feel your partner right now or your date has, well, so be it. Be prepared to go through with it. Don't think you'll change them. They are not a fabric that you're going to make a dress out of or a suit out of. No, they are not plasticine or mold that you're going to take and mold into the shape that you want. No, they come fully formed, assembled. Take it or leave it. Number four, future plans. I have a cousin who we used to talk about children and we used to talk about our future dreams just as cousins and finding out what we both desired in our lives. We both loved career growth and we have been blessed both of us in our different ways in our careers. We are both doing very well. But I had told him something that made him sort of cringe by the thought of it. I told him I have, I love children and I'm going to have four of them. So my spouse better be ready. I'm going to have four of them. I saw him cringe and I was like, what's wrong? He said, I detest children. I cannot stand children. And I was like, whoa. In my whole life, I had never met someone who had absolutely zero interest in having children around him or her. This was the first time and I was shocked. Well, he did get married later on and apparently his wife also has no interest with children. So I realized there are more people with common goals and desires than I thought. I loved children. I grew up in a family of children. By the time I was married, I used to take my neighbor's children and cooking for them goodies and sweets and we spent time together. When I was in charge, I was totally engrossed with the children's liturgy, the Sunday school, anything children, I was in it and I loved it. And so when I was dating my husband, I told him I love children and I would love to have some of my own. And to a glorious hallelujah, he said he loved children too. That was a tick for me. So get to find out what your partner is interested in in future. Talk candid issues like, does this person love traveling? Because if someone loves business and traveling and you thought you're going to have a wife who stays at home, takes care of children, but her dreams are to travel the world, do business out there and make money. Well, it's going to be challenging for you both to try to meet halfway. So find out about what career they also look to. Find out about their relationship and their attitude towards in-laws. Would they like to have in-laws interacting with them? Or, you know, like people from your family coming into your marriage and having their opinion in your marriage. Some people don't mind, others do. Please talk about these things. And then a fifth one that I really must stress on as the number one, although it comes fifth on my list, is R-E-S-P-C-T, respect. Someone who does not respect himself or herself will not have respect for you as a person. There is no way it's going to happen. I absolutely know and I have seen. If someone does not respect himself or herself, cannot respect you because he or she is operating from a position of nothingness, a position of void. This person does not know how to love, does not know how to appreciate, does not know how to uh, honor or to compliment. So I believe it's going to be challenging for you also to think that this person is going to respect you. So 
when you hear that someone is saying in a in a relationship oh my spouse or my partner does not respect me i always ask this question do you think that your partner or your spouse la respects and loves himself and most often the answer that comes back is no so observe and see how your partner is behaving towards himself or herself then you can know that from that side that what you're seeing is where you will draw your own respect to learn to respect and if this is something that you can both talk about and even when you realize that at some point in your relationship that respect is becoming an issue it was initially and it's fading that is something you can refill and if you observe and see that someone doesn't have respect for themselves even at the beginning of their relationship you can try and find out if it is lack of it that is a issue or just that the person is not aware of the word respect and what it means in a relationship. So this is something you can address easily before you move on. If it's not there at the beginning, you ignore it. Don't start demanding it when you've crossed the bridge. It is too late. You may just have to start thinking about other alternatives to live with it or to pack. I believe in lifelong marriage. I'm like a dove, married forever. And that's what I believe in. So I work at it. But there are things which will be so hard to work at when you're inside, which you could have easily worked at or seen or prevented before you say, I do. And the last one is faith matters. People really are very passionate about faith. And you'll hear uh, your parents or your relatives coming and telling you, oh, you cannot marry that person because they come from this kind of faith and their faith and our faith do not talk to each other. But luckily, and the beautiful thing about the Western culture or the more civilized cultures is that it's not an issue, but it is not totally absent. I have seen it haunt people. I have seen couples come to a point where there are challenges in their marriage. One believes in prayer. One does not care. That's a very bad scenario. When you have faith matters, you tend to have a similar focal point, especially in times of challenges. It's time to pray together, meditate together, bring together the faith community to help you get through a challenging time or just keep quiet and weather the storm alone. So faith is important because again, your children need focus. Parents are the main source of faith formation for their children. If there is no faith in the house of any kind, I do not expect the children to know anything about faith. And so they will be like wild birds without a bearing. It's important to have a focal point in faith. We shall talk about faith matters and personality issues in the future podcast when I'll be addressing how faith affect a marriage or a relationship and whether it is important in a relationship or not but at this juncture it is important to talk about it before you go to the next level and that brings us to the closing of our podcast on dating and i would love to hear what you have to say about this podcast and the topic if you have more input please feel free to contact me at hello at guru helen Com. You can also follow me on Facebook at GuruHelen.com or Twitter at GuruHelen.com. 
leave me a comment there and I will surely give you a feedback and most probably if it's a question, I will address it on this very same medium. If you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, kindly do not hesitate to reach me and send it to me. I will happily, happily share it with the rest of us. I have a book I have written about marriage called Takes Two to Tango. Takes Two to Tango is about the simple steps towards a more peaceful and thriving marriage relationship. If you'd like to get a copy of there'll be a link on the notes in my podcast or you can visit my website at www.guruhelen.com. You can also get it on amazon.ca, amazon.com. And next week we shall be exploring a new topic on dating. Till then, peace and love y'all. Thank you.